Hey, this is Jain Sharma and you're listening to the Toehold Radio. Well, today uh, is an exciting evening. So if you can hear me guys, I want some of you to say yes so that you know I know I'm audible, everything is fine. Wonderful. So we are uh, Yeah, welcome welcome all of you online. Thank you for joining us. <clears throat> In a few minutes, uh, we'll have uh, somebody very special, a very good friend of mine, uh, who will be online. I am sure all of you know who the person is. I'm just going to wait for a couple of more minutes. Wait for a few more people to join in, and then, um, hello, Mahendra Jain, Vikas. Thank you for joining us. I recognize a few people here. Wonderful. Thank you. Great. Uh, so. Well guys uh, I'll tell you what we plan to do today it's uh, an approximately 45 minutes to an hour depending on the kind of questions depending on how interesting it is yeah vinit vinit rao i'm pretty excited too thank you for joining us uh, well um, without uh, really wasting too much time i'll just check uh, if sandesh is around looks like he is um, i'll get him on online soon but what i want to do is uh, spend the next 45 minutes to an hour depending on how the questions are how interesting it is and how um it uh, it spans across uh, to speak about the amazing work that sandesh is doing um i would like to keep this talk more about his amazing beautiful work that he's doing and very little about what camera should you buy what are the equipment that you can purchase between 50000 and 1 lakh and all of those questions guys which will have it for some other time but i want you to understand how sandesh works what kind of projects he is involved in how different he is from a lot of other wildlife enthusiasts that are there so let me check if um, sandesh is online well uh, sandesh if you are could you please send me yes i got your invite i'm just about to get him on board wonderful waiting for him <clears throat> few lines in canada of course of course uh, wonderful hey sandesh how are you can you hear me hey jain how's it going Uh, wonderful wonderful let me wear wear my uh, earpiece so that um is everybody okay can you see both i both of us great so sandesh thank you Wait, thank you i'm having some let me just get on to 4g and get off of wifi hold on one okay. second you you can end this and come back again and send me a request meanwhile i'll be talking to the others thank you should be fine Oh great. All right. So um so guys uh, are you able to see both of us? Can you hear both of us? Is everything all right? Say yes if you if you can hear both of us. Shutter Chitra. Am I lagging? Okay, great. So Sandesh, thank you Tumba, thanks. Thank you for coming online. Um some people are already asking kannadadal matadi but then you know since we have an audience across the country i'd love to keep uh, it a little open we'll speak in english but uh, thank you sir tumba thanks bandidike ella bhashinalu maatadana banni great so uh, well everybody i mean i don't know how to start introducing sandesh there is a plethora of things that i need to tell you about him so he is a naturalist he is an author of many books um kartiki says sound isn't working properly kartiki can you pinpoint whose mic is it yes it's breaking okay now is it okay audio not clear okay uh thank you sam can you hear voice i can hear but i can hear a lot of other noise Uh, is that coming from mine or is it coming from yours is the thing i'm not sure what what do you think guys is it okay now now it's perfect on this mine is echoing so there's an echo is mine echoing or is so, giants echoing uh, then guys Okay I think I'm able to hear it very clearly Sandesh now I think it's improved a lot 
Uh, do you guys uh, think we can go on now? Okay, it's fine now. Okay, Sam says it's fine now. Wonderful. So, um, mm. without uh, further ado, let me let me tell you a lot of things about Sandesh. Sandesh is uh, apart from being my friend, which I'm very proud of. He's an amazing naturalist. I mean, I've made a list here because I can't remember all of the things that I want to tell you about him. So, Sandesh has authored many books. Um, he's a photographer. He's a cinematographer. Works uh, for a lot of. Uh, you know, amazing brands like Nat Geo, BBC, and all of these to make this wonderful wildlife films and documentaries. Uh, he's a Nat Geo explorer. Uh, what's more important is he's an ILCP senior fellow. So what is ILCP? We'll talk to him about and understand. And more importantly, wonderful human being, always willing to share his knowledge and expertise with all of us. So thank you, Sandesh. I hope you're ready for some of these rapid fire questions. Hey, thanks for that uh, introduction, Jayant, and uh, good to be here with your amazing audience. <laughs> Wonderful. I have, uh, I mean, close to 200 of them all, uh, already come here. So great. So Sandesh, uh, many people don't know much about your early days, though people who really know you well know everything more about how you started and stuff like that. Can you tell us something about how did this happen to you? How did it uh, all fall in place as a young man? Because you've been doing all this for 25 years, I believe. So how did it happen? I think it all falls in place when everything starts falling apart. <laughs> so I started right here in Bangalore. Uh, mm -hmm. So at, during lockdown, this is where I am, stuck in Bangalore, like as you are. And that's <laughs> one of the reasons why we're both able to match our timings and be at the right. same place at the same time. Right. Uh, but um, yeah, I started right here. This, was, right. this is our backyard. This is my backyard. Uh, I used to go cycling out to Banargata National mm -hmm. Park on weekends. Used to go and spend um, every full moon night sitting at a water hole, uh, sitting on a tree, and my one of my best friends uh, and my accomplice in all these adventures was Karthik uh, Satyanarayanan from Wildlife SOS. So, right. if you don't know Wildlife SOS, go and check out that wonderful organization, and helps uh, save a lot of our animals across the country. So Karthik and I used to go and spend time out in the wilderness in Banargata. We used to go sit up on trees. The first time we ever did that, after mm. reading one of Jim Corbett's hair-raising books on man-eating hunter, man-eating leopards and man-eating tigers, and how right. they used to go sit up on a tree on a right. full moon night, we said, that's what we need to do. I think I was <laughs> about 13 or 14 years old at that time. And wow. we had explored Banargata on foot many times. Mm -hmm. And also with uh, Shrikant, one of my other friends, who first took me to Banagata mm -hmm. uh, right. on a hike. Absolutely. And mm -hmm. after that, I, it was a regular place, a regular haunt. And it's amazing to think that just a half-hour bicycle ride away, mm -hmm. you're in the middle of wilderness. Elephants, <laughs> leopards, sloth bear, and, and a plethora of birds. And also just the topography, the landscape, those beautiful granite rocks, uh, Dodragia Libeta. And right below Dodragia Libeta, there's a lake called Bettatkere, one small oh. waterhole. And there was a big amun tree growing right next to that small <laughs> waterhole. And mm -hmm. you sit on that tree and there's a game directly below mm -hmm. the main branch. Mm -hmm. And the very mm -hmm. first time we did that, a full moon mm -hmm. night, we see a leopard walk under our feet. Oh, and that wow. was the moment I decided mm -hmm. this is all I want to be doing for the rest of my life is watching animals. And here I am. I spent uh, all my time now just watching animals in the wild. It's not just leopards. It could be a sitana lizard or it could be a great hornbill or my first absolute love are the felines. All nice. of the amazing, um, uh, animals of the cat family. Wonderful. Great. That's, that's amazing to know. I mean, um, Bangalore boy, Namma Hudga. Uh, I mean, um, of course, you've, you've been across the globe now. Tell us something while I'm looking at some of the questions. Uh, hi, Ishpal. Um, some of them are saying they're your fans. Jairam, good to see you. So, Sandesh, while I'm looking at some questions and picking up what I can ask you next, why don't you tell us about your, uh, your um, association or, let's say, your early days with Smithsonian and what did you do there? How did you get into uh, actually doing things, what you're doing now? Uh, so what happened was, uh, I mean, I, my uncle was the 
person who introduced me into the wilderness and watching all these animals and i i i come from a family that's very much uh, nature oriented my mm-hmm. grandfather is a botanist he was a professor of botany at mysore university oh. uh, so he's a professor of botany but i i can't identify plants for to save yeah. my life but uh, that apart my father is an entomologist studies right. insects right. social insects uh, dr b n vishwanath he's mm-hmm. also in terrace gardening and and uh, urban terrace gardening mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he also got he's the first person who got me into photography uh, i see actually just yesterday i found the first camera that that i borrowed from him and nikormat 35 mm-hmm. mm light camera right. and so that camera was what i started with mm-hmm. but starting photography was also my immediate academic nose dive So books did not interest me more school did not interest me anymore all i mm-hmm. wanted to do is is watch birds mm-hmm. uh, spend my time in nature watch mm-hmm. animals and photograph them and right. that is not a great combination for for your studies sure and instead sure. of stopping at school i used to cycle from home in chamrajpet mm-hmm. go mm-hmm. past my school and keep right. cycling until i reach banargata and that's <laughs> oh, where i used to go and ride my bicycle and mm-hmm. then just walk until i found a herd of elephants and wow. i used to spend the entire day with them mm-hmm. and then cycle back and then by 5:30 in the evening just when school lets out i was back home so <laughs> really uh when the exams came around i failed in all of my most of my exams and i didn't finish my my college mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so my parents decided to exile me to the other side of the world okay a place called Brownsville Texas right you right. see that last photograph on my instagram feed it's mm-hmm. a picture of all these birds sitting on a wire right and that was right. photographed in brownsville texas during my oh, my exile i call okay. it my exile years so right. my exile years were very definitive to shaping what i do now i see because during that time i joined the gorgas science foundation Mm-hmm. and the science foundation took me with them to mexico right so right. i completely left india mm-hmm. and i was mm-hmm. in the other side of the world mm-hmm. and i started mm-hmm. to travel down to the cloud forest in mexico called wow. rancho del cielo of course and mm-hmm. uh, and i i immediately i loved birds and and i mm-hmm. used to uh do a lot of bird watching mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i became the bird guide i mm-hmm. started tours for the smithsonian for all of the different groups that used to come to uh that birding paradise el cielo el right. cielo biosphere reserve in the sierra madre mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i started to learn spanish i started to uh learn all the birds i started to lead all the birding tours and, I, right. and that was my first job mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. as a naturalist as a I as see. a guide teaching mm-hmm. people and showing people bird life in the neotropics I see. I see. And so let's I, yeah. let, let's switch over to Spanish now, Sandesh. Now that we we speak Spanish. Vamos a hablar en español. <laughs> Yo no hablo español. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so sorry. I see. Yeah, I see. We're we're having some people from South America saying Buenos dias to us. And, yeah, that's, um, that's what I saw. <laughs> yeah. And some from Indonesia as well. Some from Indonesia. A lot of people from. Ah, uh, uh, terima <laughs> I don't know. I don't know Indonesian. Thank you. In Bahasa Indonesian. Okay, okay. See, see. Okay, great. So, uh wonderful. So, uh, Sandesh, thank you for that. Uh, there are a couple of young people who are who seem to be 15, 16. They're asking if they should follow your footsteps, quit their education or quit their IT or quit whatever they're doing and get into wildlife photography. So, I had this question coming up later, but since it's uh, a hot topic right now, why don't you answer this? Okay. So what was the question again? Whether they should quit doing what they're doing, maybe studying or doing IT, working somewhere and become a wildlife photographer. Oh my god, quit what they're doing. <laughs> no, I would never advise something like that. <laughs> <laughs> like like what do you used to do? <laughs> we are right now in very unstable times and you can imagine if you go down this route, it's even more unstable. this is something you need to have the conviction of your passion to be to be very very uh patient uh to do this 
I, I, I tell people that they need to have practiced the three P's to get into photography. They mm -hmm. need to have patience, mm -hmm. absolute passion, and 100% perseverance to right. not let it go. Right. And then there's a long plateau that they need to sustain themselves where it's just flat. It's not right. going up at all. And if right. they can sustain that long plateau, and then that rise will happen. But a, a lot of people give up during that time. So it's not easy. It's not for the faint of heart. And like I tell people, don't give up your day job unless you're absolutely sure. That, that brings me to, uh, I mean, this is a question which I get asked quite often as well. So I, I mean, if you don't mind, I'll add a couple of my opinions on that you know when i was doing this in 2007 i was quitting my job my father told me one thing he said magu don't jump from one boat to another boat without knowing how stable the other boat is keep one foot on that boat make sure it is stable then you can lift your uh, leg from the boat which you are on otherwise if you simply jump from here to there you might end up in the middle of nowhere so that was the suggestion i got i mean someday sandesh yeah we all true. should we all should contribute towards uh, actually documenting some of the realities that we face so that, you know, we are always celebrating all our successes. But I think there's a lot of failures that we need to bring out someday. And maybe I'll, I'll, uh, I'll check with you if you are interested in sharing some of your hard, uh, I mean, let's say realities and stories someday. <laughs> so thank you for your interest. Hey, I have a question. Yeah, please. What are you doing, Camo? I thought you said you're going to wear a blazer. <laughs> no, I was just matching the color. I mean, we, we had to be looking alike. So it was just, it's a coincidence, right? We need to speak about what we're wearing. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, blazer on the stage. I love to wear the blazer because it reminds me of my IT days and stuff like that. Wonderful. So a lot of questions mm. coming in. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Uh, please ask your questions. I'll, I'll pick them up at the appropriate time. So right now, let's talk about some of Sandesh's amazing works. So Sandesh, Sakhyadris, Wonders of the Monsoons, Himalaya, the Mountains of Life, Planet Earth 2, Wild Cats of India, and just day before yesterday we saw uh, uh, India's Wild Leopards and so many stuff that you've worked on. Can you tell us uh, what's the most interesting amongst all of these? I'm sure everything has its own uh, amazing aspect, but what is it that you can tell us about these projects and what was that give you the most satisfaction? It's, I think the first project, the Sahyadri's Mountains of the Monsoon, is something that was uh, there. It took many years. It was a labor of love. It was something that was done completely solo. And I think that's a very important thing for people who want to get into filmmaking. It's very different from photography. So mm -hmm. my background with what my father taught me was a lot about photography. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then I showed in the U.S. that you know, I was very passionate about photography. And mm -hmm. my professor, Lawrence Loff, the president mm -hmm. of the Gorgas Science Foundation, mm -hmm. gave me my mm -hmm. first opportunity to make a documentary. I, I love documentaries. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all, you know, watch documentaries and we're fascinated by watching David Attenborough documentaries. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, but I, of course, I never knew I would ever get into making them. Mm -hmm. And one day mm -hmm. he asked me, so uh, do you want to help with John Bax, who's a, mm -hmm. the filmmaker? Mm -hmm. And John got interested in the Western Ghats, the place mm -hmm. that I used to spend a lot of my time in the right. Sajadris. Right. He decided to come to India to do a documentary and I would be his apprentice. So oh. I would be the person carrying his tripod, carrying the camera and, and helping him find animals and, um, uh, and learn from the master. John right. Bax is a very well-known Belgian filmmaker. And, right. and to be an apprentice to him was like a a dream come true for me. Mm -hmm. One week mm -hmm. before the trip coming to India, John mm -hmm. Banks dropped out thinking mm -hmm. he was old to come to India. He was like 76 years old, but you know, the Belgians, they go on forever. 76 is nothing for them. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. so he backed out and, and I felt like a punctured balloon. I thought that was the end of my first project. Right, right. My professor, Mr. Loff, he took me aside and he said, well, mm -hmm. He knew I was so devastated that mm -hmm. this project had ended before it even began. Oh, and he okay. Said, so do you want to still do it? Mm -hmm. I had no training in, a, in making a wildlife film. I mm -hmm. said, yes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 
uh, he said, okay, figure out what you need. So mm -hmm. I needed a camera and a tripod. So okay. he, mm -hmm. he bought a video camera for me and mm -hmm. a tripod for me and mm -hmm. sent me back to India. Right. It was supposed right. to be a three month college summer project. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. in three months, I realized I didn't have anything. I didn't have a story and my right. shots were not great. So right. instead of three months, came three years of <laughs> spending all my time mm -hmm. in the wilderness, mm -hmm. looking for stories, filming different stories. And after the end of three years, I had hours and hours of footage. Mm -hmm. I had to sequence all of that footage and then spent the next year by myself mm -hmm. learning mm -hmm. how to edit with nonlinear mm -hmm. editing technology mm -hmm. that had all come about. Mm -hmm. uh, and I spent the whole year editing and end of it, mm -hmm. we produced mm -hmm. Sahyadri's Mountains. So that was a labor of many years of love, passion, dedication. Mm -hmm. And then to mm -hmm. do it all solo, mm -hmm. means you had to learn every aspect of sound mm -hmm. recording, of mm -hmm. editing, of adding music, writing script, the narration, the, and actually producing the whole show. So mm -hmm. it was a lot of stress. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. that's when I lost all my hair. Right, <laughs> right, right. Wonderful. Sandesh, I'm seeing so, uh, a lot yeah. of... Uh, sorry, sorry, I didn't know it was still going on. Go ahead, go ahead. Please finish it. That's it. That's it. So it's not an easy job, but it was mm -hmm. very satisfying when you're at the end of it, you complete the project and then mm -hmm. you're very proud of it when you can mm -hmm. actually show it to people. And then right. it went on to win a number of awards. It got picked mm -hmm. up by Discovery Channel and mm -hmm. Animal Planet and got broadcast, which was mm -hmm. not the idea for it anyway mm -hmm. at that time. So just mm -hmm. to have a screen that many of the big venues that led to the coffee table book, Sahyadri's mm -hmm. The Western mm -hmm. Guts. A tree with Kamal Bawa. He mm -hmm. got the book to be converted, the film to be converted to a book. Right, Usually, you right. see books converted to films. In right. this case, a film got converted right. to a book, and that came out a few years later. Where, so where yeah, just one thing books? the other leads to the next thing, and that's that's just how life is. Sorry, where can people buy these uh, coffee table books of yours? Uh, you can probably find it on Amazon, but also okay. our own website, uh, .in. Uh You mm -hmm. should be able to find the book available there also. Right. Wonderful. So I'm seeing a lot of youngsters these days, Sandesh, who are asking this question about what did you study? What course did you do? What degree do you have? And I find it very you know, tough to explain to youngsters about how in this era, uh, it's not really a direct, um, you know, association of your, of your graduation or your degree or your course to what you do for a living. So what do you have to say? There's a young boy here who's saying, how do you make a living when you didn't finish your college? <laughs> yeah, so that's a good question. I mean, it's a tough question because after the three years of like working on the film and four years, I mm -hmm. went back and the university was actually very proud of what I did. So even though I didn't, uh, so I did all the courses that were required and I mm -hmm. finally did get a college degree in mm -hmm. wildlife biology. So mm -hmm. that of course has very little to do with my filmmaking career right now. Mm -hmm. uh, but I mm -hmm. did go on to finish getting that degree. Right. And, uh, but that's more than anything. It's I don't think I've ever shown that to anybody. I don't even know <laughs> where that uh, piece of paper is. Right. Uh, yeah, if you ask me, I don't know where to find it. I've never had to show it. So, but but the point is that all these things it, it's important to have as a backup. You need to have mm -hmm. something. And mm -hmm. what I get asked to sh to be shown is your work. Correct. And if your work has passion injected in it. That means mm -hmm. people are going to see that. That's what they're going mm -hmm. to notice. And they're mm -hmm. going to say that, okay, this person is capable of taking this to the next level. And then that's basically how you move, move up the ladder, go up right. the steps. One thing to the other leads mm -hmm. to, the, to the next thing. So people should never underestimate the project that they have at hand because people right. are always looking at the last project that you just finished. Right, and it's right. very important that you put your fullest in every single thing that you do. Right, right. Wonderful. So uh, I have uh, some more questions that have come in. I've made my own notes here as well, Sandesh. A lot of uh, 
photo enthusiasts on Instagram obviously cannot not talk about gear. So can you tell us something about what's your arsenal of equipment? What do you what do you use? What kind of camera gear, filming cameras? What do you use? I know it's a big list. We need two hours to list everything, but <laughs> some, some some quick uh, important ones, please. You know, the phone itself can do so much these days. Absolutely, just like it's doing now. <laughs> phone. Uh, I've been able to make short films just with the phone. So no mm -hmm. one can have an excuse that they don't have equipment because mm -hmm. just your average smartphone can do mm -hmm. a very decent job of everything from time lapses to macro to you know zooming in. So it's mm -hmm. really amazing how far technology has come. So for right. the youngsters today, there is really no bar to their entry into right. getting into this field because there's so much technology that can help everybody uh, mm -hmm. at their fingertips and editing is so much easier also. Mm. So I use everything from my mobile phone mm -hmm. to a GoPro to mm -hmm. an SLR, uh, to a DSLR to my main filming camera, which is currently a red 8K uh, Epic uh, Helium camera. That's what right. I use. And I right. use the longest lens I can find in the market, which is a 50 to 1,000 for right. most of the main filming work. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the lenses that I use are mm -hmm. your DSLR lenses, mm -hmm. your macros, because those lenses coupled with a full frame camera or even a micro four thirds camera like a GH5. I, I, I do use a lot of uh, mirrorless cameras. So I mostly use Lumix because mm -hmm. it's the only camera that does 10-bit mm -hmm. uh, internal video recording. It's a right. little bit technical, but for us, it's all about technicals. Technicals really matter. Right. And sure. for video, there are certain basic things that we need for them to be broadcast on television. So the mm -hmm. video has to be recorded at 10-bit, which the Lumix camera does. So mm -hmm. I use the S1H and the GH5S mm -hmm. are my mm -hmm. two main small filming cameras. Right. But apart from that, I use the Eva, the GoPros, uh, and even my mobile phone. Recently, we did several videos in December, mm -hmm. all with an iPhone. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Wonderful. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of reactions. People are enjoying the session. Sandesh, thank you. I'm, I'm myself very happy that we're doing this. Uh, thank you for making time again. So, uh, so much of work that has already been done. What's your current focus? What are you currently working on? Currently, I'm working on trying to keep sane, hanging around at home. Uh, mm -hmm. This is the longest period I've actually spent in one place. Right. Um, I think I would, that would be the same in your case. Absolutely. So the project is staying sane at home. <laughs> so if you need some, uh, uh, you know, extracurricular activities, this is the time you should probably indulge in so that, you know, you can keep yourself so, so interested. I'm catching up on my books. Right. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of books I haven't read. So that's that's one of the things that uh, I need to start doing and spending time on watching all of the content that was already shot. Right, just starting right. to compile all of those things and catching up with yourself. So I right. think this is really the time that we're spending mm -hmm. catching up. Mm -hmm. So catching right. up with family, catching up with my, with my parents and uh, spending time with them. So there's mm -hmm. been a lot of that time right now. Do you also think this is a good time for you to edit some of your raw pictures if you've shot? I mean, because you don't really probably process still pictures as much as you work on uh, editing videos and stuff like that. So is this a time which you'll use to do that? Yeah, I missed your Lightroom session the other day. I, I, I actually wanted to, to, uh, to, to sign in, but I think I was with my dad at the hostel, so I couldn't uh, log in to that one. Sure. Um, sure. But um, yeah, I think this is the time to spend uh, working on editing and working on watching your content, logging and storyboarding, mm -hmm. connecting stories together. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is the time that I'll be sitting and doing most of that right now. And right. we've got another couple of weeks of doing this. So mm -hmm. this is the mm -hmm. time to, when we're editing, mm -hmm. we usually spend our time locked down. Right. And um, our editor, Robin, Robin, Robin Collins, mm -hmm. we were here together working on Wildcats of India. And I think yeah. we're kind of used to this concept of lockdown because mm -hmm. when you get into editing mode, 
you mm -hmm. lock yourself down in one place and don't go out so next time next time i go to puli munchi to eat with others i'd like robin to join us um very close <laughs> to your office um, yeah okay. yeah so one of the most important agendas for um our discussion today is all these youngsters who want to become filmmakers wildlife photographers how do you think they should start going about do you think they have a chance do you have some realistic recommendations because sandesh when you started versus today there's a big difference in the market right today everybody is a photographer everybody is a short filmmaker everybody has a youtube channel so do you think there's a chance for somebody talented to rise up to the uh, stature of something like yours or do you think youngsters should be realistic and look at it as something they do as a passion and contribution to nature so what's your take on it i think now is a is probably one of the best times the industry has ever had mm -hmm. uh pre coronavirus mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. the best time to mm -hmm. to be in this field it's mm -hmm. been uh, there's been a huge number of projects and uh, things happening mm -hmm. and for youngsters coming in there's no entry bar you know you can do a lot with basic equipment mm -hmm. they just have to be able to show what they can do Mm -hmm. and now you don't even need television as your traditional outlet mm -hmm. you have youtube that you can like load up pictures and a lot of people have you know their own channels that they can start with absolutely very little in terms of expense or cost mm -hmm. to start so the entry level for young filmmakers storytellers coming in is mm -hmm. actually very low there's, uh, there's there's no limitation as such right. which existed back then you needed mm -hmm. you needed cameras and more equipment and laptops to edit and or or actually big computers to edit now you can mm -hmm. edit on your phone you can right. you can literally create a whole story just on your average uh, smartphone right so mm -hmm. it's things have come a long way and youngsters need to harness the power of new technology mm -hmm. and take it to the next level they should mm -hmm. not let anything hinder the progress or hinder their passion if mm -hmm. they do that means mm -hmm. they're not serious enough right right absolutely um that that's something which uh, i think has also given uh, an opportunity for everybody else also sandesh so i think while while it's become um, everybody's cup of tea everybody is doing this it's also created a lot more competition like in back in the days there were two three four filmmakers or photographers maybe today there are a lot more but the opportunity also is quite a lot so i think it's oh, even oh yeah i mean absolutely you're right and uh, i mean uh, there's um, uh, uh, a lot of uh, people have done their internships at felis as a lot of uh, the youngsters who have uh, gone on uh, ishika malaika um, uh, dheeraj pradeep all, all of these guys they were part of you know felis and now they've gone on to do some really amazing things uh, right. so uh, so i think people can there's a lot of places you can do your internship gautam mm -hmm. pandey in delhi riverbank studios mm -hmm. uh people can apply at felis and probably apply at tohold as well to do an internship <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. to learn the basics of photography but right. yeah, there's a lot more opportunities today than mm -hmm. there mm -hmm. ever was in the past right. so uh people they just have to look out for these opportunities there are courses for masters in wildlife filmmaking in mm -hmm. new zealand in the us in montana mm -hmm. and in the uk so right. if you want to do higher studies of that there's actual formal courses in wildlife filmmaking right. so right. many of these outlets did not exist in the past so okay. is, yeah. is there something in india somebody somebody can get into a, a graduation in wildlife filmmaking or something no like that? Uh, not that i know of not in the, 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 the kind of things that i'm thinking in terms of wildlife filmmaking there's nothing formal mm -hmm. here mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay a lot of questions coming up on because you mentioned that was one of my questions about internships so guys anybody feels they have the time the passion the madness and the perseverance to learn filmmaking from sandesh or his team go check out his website it is called felis.in f e l i s felis.in apply as an intern and if you if you are good i'm sure he'll pick you up and you'll be probably 
learning a lot if you become an intern i missed out on the opportunity i was too old to be his intern so some day some day maybe give me some some lifting your bag work all right <laughs> <laughs> okay um all right we spoke about the institute course and stuff like that some interesting questions on um <clears throat> when you say wildlife documentaries uh, are there any scope or is there any scope for visual effects or do they um you know this is a very common debate in every forum these days about how much of uh, setup shots can be done in wildlife filmmaking as a documentary what what's your we don't need to get into depths of it just a brush on uh, the topic if you can please uh i i mean yeah it's all about telling a story so sometimes we need to uh, build a small set we need to you know bring the surface up to eye level mm -hmm. where you can film it and make mm -hmm. things look as natural as possible mm -hmm. uh, one of the very important points that i want to mention before i forget is for a tip for youngsters who are coming into this field is that i don't they really need to learn about natural history mm -hmm. so i feel that today without learning the fundamentals of photography Mm -hmm. so now learning the fundamentals of natural history right identifying the species learning about them uh, mm -hmm. learning their behavior and knowing mm -hmm. how to find them where to find them that's a very fundamental and important step in becoming a wildlife filmmaker or photographer mm -hmm. learn mm -hmm. about the species once mm -hmm. you learn about them then mm -hmm. you can go about getting the type of shots you need to tell right. the story right mm -hmm. yeah so wonderful <clears throat> great so so some of you missed the internship uh, message uh, f e l i s felis ishika if you're online can you type that online for others please i just saw you saying hi while we keep talking felis.in guys uh, you can go to the website and um, and so okay even even gautam is online i think yeah uh, gautam we're twinning with camel <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 thank you for totally coming totally uncoordinated <laughs> absolutely not I mean, set up <laughs> absolutely somebody said uh, he thought uh, we had planned our uh, you know costume today but yeah thank you wonderful um, some interesting questions on some of these big cats and small cats that you worked on everybody knows about um, the clouded leopard stuff that you have done uh, very few people know about even the existence of uh, the palaces cat so somebody wants to know something about the experience of finding it must be very rare very tough conditions a couple of minutes on that please yeah so the the palaces cat is is a very special animal for us because that is the cat that like kicked off wild cats of india mm -hmm. uh, all of us have seen documentaries on tigers leopards lions snow leopards but very mm -hmm. few attempts have been made to do a full show on india's small cats mm -hmm. uh, and now mm -hmm. i know why small mm -hmm. cats are not easy animals to film Right. Uh, uh the palace cat is one of the species that i wanted to go after it's a mm -hmm. high elevation feline it has the densest fur of any cat out there and right. it needs it it lives in minus 30 degree conditions at 15000 feet high up in the himalaya the right. trans himalaya where right. it's a cold cold desert and right. uh this cat is very hard to find and mm -hmm. we spent a lot of time over the course of 2 years looking mm -hmm. for this cat mm -hmm. and in that endless vast landscape trying to find a tiny little cat it's hard enough finding a snow leopard try mm -hmm. to find something that's like uh, 1/4 the size of a snow leopard it's a small right. cat like the size of a house cat to look for one in the himalaya was next to impossible mm -hmm. i got very lucky on my very first attempt and after 4 days i filmed it playing mm -hmm. around in the rocks and being absolutely amazing right. and when i showed that to our commissioning editor in in the us uh, at national geographic they mm -hmm. were totally excited about the palaces cat and they said mm -hmm. can we find any of the other cats small cats okay. and then i said yeah we've got fishing cat we got rusty spotted jungle cat mm -hmm. and and little did i realize that india has more feline species than mm -hmm. any other country in the world we have mm -hmm. 15 species of cats big cats right. and small cats in the country and right. so we worked with um, uh, researchers in the field um and and 
we were able to uncover these mm -hmm. small cats. Some of them, uh, very few people even knew about. Mm -hmm. And some, mm -hmm. like the mm -hmm. clouded leopard, we had mm -hmm. Priya Singh, who was studying mm -hmm. them in Northeast India. So she right. took us to the place where she found the clouded leopard. And I had done a documentary on clouded leopards in 2011, called right. Return mm -hmm. to Clouded Leopard. But mm -hmm. my real dream was to actually find and photograph a clouded leopard in the wild. Right. And with mm -hmm. the help of Priya, we were actually able to go out and find a clouded leopard and photograph it. Yeah. Well, that, that, that experience with poachers being around the corner, and that, that was amazing. I, I really was super anxious to know what happened. Someday we'll, we'll catch up over that discussion. <laughs> well, those are some of the dangers in, um, in, in this field. I mean, dangers for the animals. And it's very important to bring about a little bit of the conservation importance through the work that you do. It's not right. just about spreading awareness about the animals. It's mm. also showing the current threats these animals mm -hmm. are facing in the mm -hmm. wild. And that's one of the things that I try to bring about in, in the work that I do uh, mm -hmm. it, are the conservation threats that these animals face. Absolutely, absolutely. One technical question about cinematography uh, uh, per se. So uh, many of us who are still photographers are trying to make a small uh, video or two here and there. But when it comes to a subject which is moving, I think a lot of still photographers find it very difficult to focus subjects, especially if they're used to uh, autofocus systems. So tell us a little bit about how a cameraman um, in, uh, in, in uh, documentaries like what you work on uses the camera to track subjects in motion. Do you do it manually or do you have autofocus systems which are upgrading themselves now which can uh, help you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, as a wildlife photographer, autofocus, you cannot live without it. I can't do still photography without autofocus. I need it. Right. It needs to be bang on. The Sony cameras are especially ec excellent in their autofocus capabilities. And mm -hmm. I absolutely, you know, uh, hold them in high regard when it comes to autofocusing. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to filming, mm -hmm. you need to be as fast with your hands, be mm -hmm. very tactile with the lens and be able to focus manually right. throughout. Uh, right. Because autofocus is not going to be very reliable with a mm -hmm. fast moving animal. And if mm -hmm. it goes in and out of a tree trunk or a bush, you don't mm -hmm. want the autofocus to switch mm -hmm. between your subject and the foreground. Mm -hmm. So in order mm -hmm. to prevent that, you need mm -hmm. to be able to judge everything with your eye. You need mm -hmm. to know which way the lens barrel is rolling if an animal mm -hmm. is coming towards you or if mm -hmm. an animal is going away from you and mm -hmm. just be able to, it's, it's all about micro movement in order to keep things in focus. Right. And that's what right. we do. We use manual focus pretty mm -hmm. much a hundred percent of the time right. uh, when right. it comes to filming animals. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Great. Sorry to keep switching between natural history and filming and technology and stuff like that. I'm just seeing a lot of interesting questions. Yeshpal Rathor wants to know. Uh, thank you, Yeshpal. It's a lovely question. I also want to know the answer. Do you think, Sandesh, after working with so many of these small cats, do you think they are in a larger uh, you know, problem than even the big cats like leopards and tigers, for example? Very interesting question. Yeah, uh, good question, Yeshpalji. I think... Um... See, small cats have always lived in the shadow of the bigger cats and they are really not well documented and not well known. And mm -hmm. very little in terms of uh, research work has also been, been done on them. And mm -hmm. more, more, more so, it's, they're highly ignored mm -hmm. as uh, a group because they're small, they're not seen, they're not high profile. Mm -hmm. So jungle cats are hunted regularly. Mm -hmm during mm -hmm. a festival right around, you know, a few, a few weeks back, Ugadi, in right. North Karnataka and other places, these jungle cats are hunted. Um, mm -hmm. uh, for a while, when tiger poaching had, like, come down, mm -hmm. I read news reports of clouded leopard poaching to be on an all-time high. So, yes, uh, they, they are certainly highly ignored, mm -hmm. overshadowed by their bigger cousins, mm -hmm. and definitely under threat in many of these places. Right. And that's why one of the things that I say in, in the documentary is mm -hmm. that the clouded leopard is overshadowed by tigers and the, mm -hmm. the, the policies are only meant to protect them. And mm -hmm. if 
even though in this place there are no tigers mm -hmm. just because there are no tigers means that there is less protection for mm -hmm. all of the smaller cat family that right. lives in that protected sanctuary right. so right. i right. think that by increasing the profile of these animals mm -hmm. these animals mm -hmm. need to be able to be protected for themselves mm -hmm. not mm -hmm. just being living under the shadow of the big cats living mm -hmm. under the shadow of the tiger clouded leopards right. and all of the other cats need to be protected right. as a species due to their own importance mm -hmm. and by putting a spotlight on them i mm -hmm. hope that these smaller cats get better recognition right right fantastic in fact uh, rajib uh, just now asked a question which is coincidentally my next question sandesh uh, in this country i i don't i don't think there are too many countries where there are so many wildlife lovers so many cameramen so many photographers so many people contributing uh, images and stories and sightings and reports of all of these um, like how we do in india but um, i think a lot of people who are more passionate about this than just you know getting some likes on social media want to know how they can perhaps contribute to the larger good a larger cause of wildlife conservation or awareness or you know to projects like yours what do you think is the role of this amateur wildlife enthusiast <clears throat> um no no that's that's very good point actually i think you've uh, said the answer right there we have a big audience here we have a big number of uh, nature photographers and there's also many of these outlets that they contribute to and right now we're uh, we're just helping gather images of uh, feral dogs catching uh, hunting uh, wild animals because that's mm -hmm. a big conservation issue right now mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. photographers who have those kinds of pictures can contribute to sites like conservation india right and yeah. through that portal they mm -hmm. can highlight certain mm -hmm. important conservation issues right. and those kind of contributions are actually very important because mm -hmm. they can help shape policy so mm -hmm. i highly encourage photographers to not just take pretty pictures of birds and animals but mm -hmm. also take the pictures that have an impact mm -hmm. uh, that have a that can shape policy it might mm -hmm. not be a beautiful pretty picture but mm -hmm. it may be an impactful picture that will help shape policy so uh, pictures of conservation value are very right. important don't look right. away there are many issues like uh, plastic mm -hmm. uh, the issue of feral dogs so mm -hmm. all of these kinds of issues uh, uh projects that are inundating the mm -hmm. forest like major road projects dam projects i mean the list is endless of the type of right. uh conservation related imagery that right. everybody needs and right. if you're out mm -hmm. there and you see an issue you, you mm -hmm. see an animal eating a plastic bag or or, mm -hmm. or you see a an otter mm -hmm. being chased by uh, a pack of feral dogs or a snow mm -hmm. leopard being chased by them all of these right. are issues that need to be photographed and need mm -hmm. to be put out or sent mm -hmm. to portals like conservation india and right. that will really help push that conservation agenda forward and i definitely ask everyone to please share those kinds of images and mm -hmm. bring it to the forefront don't ignore right. it right so just to bring it to records uh, trikansh that's not the website the website sandesh is talking about and i also contribute sometimes to is called conservationindia.org it's conservationindia.org uh, so uh, it's uh, something which a common friend of ours also is very i mean he's probably the guy who's running this with such great initiatives uh, called ramki so please check that website has a lot of interesting articles on uh, some of us who are passionate about wildlife to learn about it and also to contribute it that's probably the best and first way to get involved in the larger scheme of things um coming back to my question sandesh i know it's been 50 minutes now i'll not take too much of your time uh, must be time for your onion pakoda or something actually yeah there's a quick thing i just saw someone also put uh, a comment about the india biodiversity portal that's also mm -hmm. a good portal to contribute documentary uh, images mm -hmm. of uh, species there's mm -hmm. also i naturalist Mm -hmm. inaturalist.org uh, mm -hmm. that people can also contribute to mm -hmm. uh, but those are general images not gen not not uh, naturalistic specific not not conservation specific conservation specific right right okay so some question which i missed asking a few minutes ago which came up uh, sandesh when you say you do uh, make a wildlife film uh, 
So can you tell us about the normal size of the crew? Like for example, Robin seems to be sitting there, and he's a major contributor to your success or your stories or your filming projects. Like that, how many more people would perhaps be involved in making one documentary? Like they say, it uh, it, it it takes a village to make a film. It's <laughs> not just one. You, my field team is of course very small. We try to keep mm -hmm. it to about. uh four to five people because you don't mm -hmm. want too many people you know that will scare away the animals that you're actually out there to film so mm -hmm. it's important to have a small team but mm -hmm. uh you need to have a bigger team in terms of like the the back end is so mm -hmm. much more important mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. uh so i might just be here as the face mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. actually at fellas there's a much bigger uh group of people that are mm -hmm. helping take things forward so you right. need a production manager you need mm -hmm. someone out there to go and help get permits you mm -hmm. need to be able to go and and uh, log all of the footage you need to mm -hmm. have um, an army of interns who are also learning and mm -hmm. at the same time uh getting to know what it takes to mm -hmm. actually make a film and then right. of course you need an editor you need another editor you need you need mm -hmm. multiple people just helping keep that machinery going so right, right. and we in that at fellas we have a fairly full team who are very capable who are now very highly trained in right. all of the aspects that it takes mm -hmm, uh, so it mm -hmm. takes uh, at least 15 20 people and every mm -hmm. single one of their contribution is mm -hmm. critical very mm -hmm. important to them mm -hmm. Yeah talking about conservation uh, uh, this young boy here seems to be asking a very lot of good questions so i forgot to ask you uh, if you can explain uh, your contribution to ilcp and what should youngsters look forward to are there some guidelines they can look at yeah so the ilcp is the international league of conservation photographers so it's a group that i joined many many more than 10 years ago now and uh, the ilcp was formed on exactly what we were talking about the importance of conservation photography it's mm -hmm. not about the pretty picture it's about mm -hmm. the impact picture and mm -hmm. ilcp a group of photographers who mm -hmm. are very serious about conservation mm -hmm. and combining their passion for photography with their passion for conservation and bringing mm -hmm. it together and using mm -hmm. their photo photographs to mm -hmm. influence policy so mm -hmm. everyone that group in the ilcp you can check out their website um mm -hmm. uh, uh ilcpphotographers.org i think it's um ilcp.com no ilcp.org it's i'm just checking mm -hmm. yeah keep keep yeah. going on so we can so uh, that's what the ilcp is and now they're actually encouraging the emerging league of photographers Mm -hmm. to be able to uh come under mentorship under a mentorship program wherein mm -hmm. they can interact with the senior fellows like mm -hmm. myself and mm -hmm. we can help them be part of the emerging league in the ILCP and these are what we look for more than the capability to take a technically perfect picture mm -hmm. we want to see the kind of interest and work that you've done in using those pictures to influence policy right that's mm. more important than uh pretty picture. right right wonderful i mean thank you uh, hidden kingdom i also just posted the url of uh, ilcp's website which is conservationphotographers.org so please uh, go check that out uh, some of you uh, so sandesh um, my last question before uh, we do uh, a little bit of a wrap up um Uh, just a brief on how somebody who wants to make a wildlife documentary goes about let's say in this case let's say it's natgeo how do you approach them do you uh, have to get funded by them or do you want to make the movie yourself and then sell it to them many of them have questions about this if you can take us through the process that's probably my last question of the day okay well uh, that that's probably the toughest question of the day <laughs> how do you actually make a film and 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 get it sold or get it distributed uh so there's many many ways of going about doing that right now one of the 
what you'll see is that with the power of the internet, there's a lot that you can do to make your own film and put it out there on YouTube. And one of the first things that I would tell young filmmakers is to mm -hmm. go out there and make your own first film. It's mm -hmm. very important to have something for you to show as your showcase. So mm -hmm. people can see how passionate you are about something. So mm -hmm. like we've already covered, equipment is not a hindrance anymore. Yeah, there's, mm -hmm. there's no problem in terms of editing. Now it just mm -hmm. comes down to spending your time going mm -hmm. into the window or going into your backyard and, mm -hmm. and finding a good story. Once right. you found a good story, you can then uh, uh, post it on Instagram, post it on, uh, on, on YouTube, and then share that story. And trust me, uh, also for photographers, there's the portal called nationalgeographic.com forward slash your shot. So right. your shot is a way that uh, photographers can actually get in to the mm -hmm. National Geographic system by mm -hmm. getting their work recognized. And right. there are right. people who will be looking at these mm -hmm. pictures. Uh, and, and it's also something that they can get published on the website or perhaps mm -hmm. even in the magazine. Right, right. So that's one way of a very entry-level way of going about it. There's mm -hmm. also ways that you can approach you have a good story and you've mm -hmm. written up a proposal, mm -hmm. go on to National Geographic's website, and there right. is a way that you can actually submit uh, a right. film proposal through... They, they used to have a film portal uh, on, on the website, nationalgeographic.org. Uh, mm -hmm. You can apply for grants through there, through there mm -hmm. or you can apply mm -hmm. for... Um, send your actual film, but it's always important to actually show. You can't just write a script and say, look, I have a great story. You mm -hmm. Show that you can actually capture it. Right. For example, right. Wildcats of India, I didn't mm -hmm. just go and say, hey, you know, I'd like to make a film on small cats. That mm -hmm. wasn't the story. I wanted to, but I wanted to prove first to myself mm -hmm. that I can do this. So right. in order to right. prove to myself, I had to go on my own to mm -hmm. Ladakh, go mm -hmm. and spend some time there, understand mm -hmm. the landscape, try to mm -hmm. actually go and film it. And if mm -hmm. I was successful myself, mm -hmm. then I knew that I could then take it to that next level, take it to National Geographic and convince right. them that there is a story here, there mm -hmm. is a film here, and mm -hmm. I can do this for you. And right. that's how to go. And if you have any kind of unique uh, behavior, I saw mm -hmm. that Nachapa, our wonderful naturalist from uh, Valparai, had tuned in here. I saw him earlier. Uh, mm -hmm. he, he told me a great story about uh, the great hornbill. And he mm -hmm. had some pictures of great hornbills in the middle of the air, cask butting. So we right. just used that one photograph to convince mm -hmm. the producer, Jeff mm -hmm. uh, Wilson mm -hmm. at Silverback. And just based mm -hmm. on that one photograph, we went to Valparai to film that mm -hmm. sequence for Netflix, Our Planet. So right. it's very important to work with naturalists, uh, work with researchers in the field, and find a good story, and mm -hmm. then take it to uh, people at uh, the broadcasting level, and then get them interested. So right. it's very important to collaborate with people. Mm -hmm. It's very important to work with them at, mm -hmm. uh, at every different level. So right. there's a lot of people who've uh, tuned in here that I can see that we've spent time working with. It's important right. for you to build a strong team. Right. And with that, uh, you can then take things forward. But right. what I say, learn every single thing on your own. Make mm -hmm. that first film completely from, from concept to completion by right. yourself. So right. then you learn every step of the way. Right. Once, you, once you know that, then you mm -hmm. have that confidence mm -hmm. that you can mm -hmm. take the film from concept to completion. With that, you can take it to pretty much any anyone out there. Uh, use the internet to your advantage. Just let me know if you can hear me. Good evening, good evening. Okay, great. So guys, uh, I'm very sorry. Uh, we had to abruptly end the Instagram live I don't know what happened, maybe because it was one hour already and uh, we were just about to wrap up the session anyway. I am getting a lot of messages from people who are thanking the session. They all enjoyed. 
I hope you enjoyed this session as well. It's not every day that you can get Sandesh Kadoor uh, talk to you yeah, because I mean sometimes when I call him, I don't even know if he's in this country. Last week he was in Sri Lanka. He he goes to all these places where network is um, you know not even uh, present sometimes. So I'm I'm very grateful that so many of you um, came online and. Uh, I think I had a lot of homework to do to make this Instagram live question and answer session. I had a lot of questions from my end. I also took a lot of cues from you people who asked a lot of interesting questions. I think we put Sandesh, uh, you know, uh, to answer a lot of these questions. I think he would have enjoyed meaningful conversations and answering questions that made sense. Thank you very much. Uh, I think he's perhaps one of the, you know, very good filmmakers in this country i know a few of them uh, and sandesh has been doing this for years together and and i think uh, the instagram live is going to be online i'm going to try and save it i'll try and see if i can even share it it's going to be available for the next 24 hours if you came late you can still go ahead and watch the session uh, and and uh, understand if uh, you know um, there were some questions that you wanted to ask that you probably would have uh, asked and it was already answered so thank you very much um i mean i need to set an alarm because you know when you have these meaningful deep conversations and you're enjoying it you don't realize how quickly an hour passes and that's what happened in this case and uh, we were about to end in a minute but you know we we uh, we're almost done with the one hour session so the reason why I came online again is to do two things. One is to check what on earth went wrong with my audio. Now it seems to be fine. I think um, I wanted to make sure I don't have to buy another phone. So it looks okay. So guys, um, I have a lot more Instagram live sessions planned. And uh, this time it will be a variety of people. I think this Saturday I want to dedicate the whole day to discuss the marine world, underwater world. So I have three friends who are experts in their own fields. Um, join us at different times. So I'll have my underwater photography mentor and my dive master who taught me how to dive and use the camera well, Umid Mistri, come online at 4 p.m. Um, he's perhaps one of the most experienced underwater photographers of the country and every little small thing that I know of today and I do underwater has been taught by him. So he'll be coming online at 4 p.m. while I quiz him with similar questions about his work, about his world of photography and the areas he works with, how he does underwater in, um, you know, um, not just uh, seas and oceans but also fresh water and it will be a very interesting conversation and later that day since it's not only about photography it's also about conservation I'll have two amazing ladies join me online one at 5 p.m. and one more at 6 at 5 p.m. we have Suneha Jagan who is going to be talking to us about her uh, experience and projects involving uh, marine conservation especially uh, artificial rainforest, I mean, artificial reef restoration and uh, how she's been contributing to education uh, or, or, and all of that stuff. Uh, conservation related topic coming up on Saturday. Finally, at 6 p.m., I have my dive master, Tara, as we call her, Nayan Tara Jain, who taught me how to do scuba diving in a swimming pool first. And then she took me to the open seas uh, seven, eight years ago. And I've been enjoying my underwater photography and diving um, because of teachers and masters like her and Umid. So guys, I hope you'll join me again on Saturday, 4 p.m., 5 p.m., 6 p.m. I'll be probably um, on, on uh, you know, I don't know how I'll be alive and kicking for three hours continuously, but I'll make sure the topics are interesting and we all have uh, a lot to discuss. So stay tuned. Sorry about the abrupt ending today. Thank you, Sandesh, again. It was a great job you did. Um, I'm, sh I'm so happy that, you know, so many of them have enjoyed the session and I hope they'll also watch this, um, which is going to be recorded and on my uh, stories uh, live. So thank you guys. 7.30 p.m. I hope you have a great evening and I'll see you soon day after tomorrow. And let's talk about more photography related topics. Um, oh, that reminds me, guys. I'm just about to announce a webinar 
and this time it's a one hour hardcore technique and technology learning about the exposure metering of photography i'm going to share details of this webinar it will be a few hundred people only who will be able to access my webinar it's not going to be on instagram live that you can come and go it's going to be a hardcore session on video conferencing software the topic is called exposure metering so if you know uh, the camera has your spot meters evaluative metering and also center weighted metering it's going to be a one hour hardcore learning of how you can use these different metering um, you know um, uh, modes in different light conditions and how you can achieve amazing pictures so stay tuned lots coming up i hope to be in touch with you in the next couple of days take care guys good night